Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Library Partnerships podcast, Patrons and Partnerships. Today we have the second half of our interview with E. Stanley Richardson, the inaugural Poet Laureate of Alachua County. Speaking of writing, uh, you have written a book, Hip Hop is Dead, Long Live Hip Hop. The Birth, Death, and Resurrection of Hip Hop Activism. Yeah, that's right, exactly. That was I, I wrote it in my notes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> After I finished reading, I realized how important that subheading is. Can you talk a little bit about your book, what inspired you to write it, your process? Um, what inspired me is for my love of music. Not necessarily for my love of hip-hop, but for my love of music. I love hip-hop, you know. But I grew up with uh, R&B, soul, and funk. That was the music that I grew up with. My first crush was Gladys Knight. <laughs> but uh, I started um, <clears throat> trying to understand the relationship between social justice struggle. So my child was 60s. I was born in 62. I'm 59. And that's why I grew up with all this, this the civil rights movement all around me people being assassinated, you know, King and JFK and his brother and Malcolm and Medgar, and that was all around. I'm a little kid growing up, but they said, I'm seeing all this turmoil in, this, in the streets. Uh, when integration took place here in Alachua County, I was in second grade. So I'm, I'm just uh, was kind of aware and I'm looking for the connection between social justice struggle and art, specifically music. So I had the opportunity to, uh, to accompany the UF Samuel Proctor Over History Program a few years ago on the Mississippi uh, Freedom Project. They, they, they take a group of grad students uh, throughout the Mississippi Delta and take oral histories and do a lot of, a lot of it's, it's an incredible, incredible trip. And uh, when I went, we went to the, uh, the museum, the lynching museum, it just opened. But I had the opportunity to travel with Dr. Gwendolyn Zahara Simmons who was a young woman at Spelman doing sit-ins and, and part of SNCC. While we were traveling, she was telling me all these stories. And she was like, it was the music. Those songs we sang, they could jail us, they could beat us, they could do this, but they couldn't stop us from singing those songs. So music is very important to social justice struggle. Every movement has a soundtrack. So I'm always looking for the soundtrack. And uh, so I started doing a little research, and what I found out, there's this phenomenon of what happens to black creative expression in a colonial environment. And there's been a conscious effort to separate black youth from any kind of critical thinking or any kind of uh, radical, what they, what they deem radical movement. And a lot of times these messages, this radicalization, but to me it's just fighting for justice or civil rights. It's not radical at all. It's just truth-telling. And so a lot of times these, this radicalization comes about through art and the songs you sing. So what happens to our art form when you have young kids and hip-hop, for instance, the Bronx, who create this art to speak about their oppression and to give voice to their suffering, what happens to it? And what happens to these, these, and this happened all through time, through our existence here in America, they don't seek this art out to be destroyed. They seek it out to fix it in a colonial form. So what happens with hip-hop is now this thing, this, this art, this, this beautiful art that was created to uh, testify for the community. And I always get in trouble because I, I think sometimes I don't say it right. But now this thing that was created by these brilliant young people, once the corporate claws get in it, 
and once it gets, um, I guess, um, commodified. commodified. There, there you go. Commodified. It's different. It's like it sounds. The beats the same. It sounds the same, but the words are different. Now this art form, the words no longer testify for the community, but against it. So that's where you may start to see all these derogatory type of uh, and this toxic music. And then you have some young people who would think I'm coming down on the music. But stories are important. So you, can, you can't tell me there's only one story coming out of the ghetto or coming out of these marginalized communities. This, this one story, everybody's singing, everybody got the same story. There's not a story about some little kid who's scared of gangs and he hides out in the library. So he reads all these books. Where's that story? I'm surely it exists. So all the, and that's what I'm saying. It's the stories, who shapes the narrative? Who chooses what is shared and not shared? The, the beautiful music of hip hop and the art of hip hop is beautiful, but you have to, you won't hear that on your regular urban or corporate radio station. You have to go look for it. And that's what's my uh, uh, motivation for writing the book. If you read the uh, uh, beginning of it, it talks about uh, me looking at the Occupy movement and thinking that was the revolution, is this the revolution? Is this the revolution? But I know whenever there is a revolution, if there ever is a revolution or whatever that looks like, it's got to have a soundtrack. And I uh, use uh, that birth, death, and resurrection. I hope some people don't, you know, Christians don't get, I mean, I, I stopped calling myself a Christian, matter of fact. I call myself something else now. I don't know, I don't know. Sometimes I look at what they call Christianity. I don't understand it. I don't think Jesus would understand it either if he came back. What is this y'all doing in my name kind of thing? No, that ain't it, you know? And I shouldn't be off on a religion, but I figure my, this is how I am. I'm a follower of the teachings of the person we call Jesus. Well, I, I mean, you do structure it as sort of like a sermon. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But one of the things when I was reading it that really struck me was the different, when I was reading each poem, I was envisioning who is actually narrating it? There are because it's not you. No, it's it's. There are different voices. <laughs> so is that parent? Is that a parent? That was a parent to me. Okay, because these are all these voices in my head that I, they were part of my village that raised me. The old man under the tree. My mom is heavy in there. My my her sisters, my aunts and and uncles and people down the street, little kids. They're all in there. And I think you asked the question, and you sent me some questions or something like that. You asked about, I think I had a vision of actually uh, creating a soundtrack and bringing the community together and having, having like, where the voice is a young woman, a young girl, have the young girl read that. Where the voice is an older woman, have a young oh woman. I see woman, a, a library program. A in older the woman read that. <laughs> uh, you know, that was my vision, and have. Uh, uh, um, uh, matter of fact, I had forgotten about it until you mentioned it. So now I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, I need to do that. Yeah, let's work on that together. Yeah, we would. Yeah, I mean, we want to. I think I think the kids, the, the teens, are teens. We have, we have. Uh, Art speaks courageous, courageous young voices is amazing. We have uh, a teacher out at Eastside, Miss Selby Hemmings Rich. She's the English teacher, and she supports Art Speaks just every year. You know, that's one of the things that, that I guess she marks on her board or whatever. And she has, she always has kids who come every year and participate. But there are other, other schools too, but just her. I know she is, is very, very, very supportive of uh, the, the Courageous Young Voices. Well, if um, I'm not sure what type of help you want from the library, but 
uh, we can brainstorm. Yeah, bra- just bra- just ideas, ideas, ideas. Uh, you know, just ideas. What do you think would be a? We could, we could do a. F- I was just involved with uh, UF Arts and Medicine, collaborated with a lot of different community uh, programs around Gainesville, and they had a grant to do something cool, and it was a workshop film type thing with the teens. It came out. It was pretty amazing, and they had a panel. They were doing a talk back to discuss the uh, the workshop. This too, and then this was in the notes. The book is very. Actually, I'll just read what is written here. Um, As I was reading Hip Hop is Dead, Long Live Hip Hop, The Birth, Death, and Resurrection of Hip Hop Activism, (laughs) Um, I get the impression that the performance of the poems would add more depth than conveyed by the words on the page alone. Do you feel that your poetry needs to be performed for full effect? Yeah, these these poems, these poems are definitely, um, it's always good to hear the actual poet or the author of the work read the work because they they know the work and how it's supposed to sound. I never forget, I remember going to see Maya, the amazing mother Maya Angelou. So that was like my son went to the hip hop thing in, in Miami. He says he's, his life is complete. That's how I felt when I went to, had a chance to go and see uh, Mother Angelou when she was here at UF. She came some years back. And I remember her saying, when she read The Raven, how she read it. And it was like to uh, a whole different thing. And so she heard somebody else read it, she's like, that's not how that goes, you know, it goes like this, you know. So it's all about how you how you read. So I always want to hear the original work read by the person, the individual that wrote it. So if I read something, it's jazz. I wrote it like jazz. It reads like jazz and hip hop and the blues and gospel music. There's a, there's a chapter in here called Brethren of the Same Rhythm Root, and it just shows the connectivity of all these different uh, jazz, blues, my interpretation of how jazz was, was created, how blues, um, I wrote one called w- Willie Green's Blues. Willie Green is from here. I happened to um, be at the Thomas Center. They had a blues exhibit from all over the country. They had collected all these this blues memorabilia and everything. And, they, and Mr. Willie Green was there, and he, he had his, he was sitting there with his guitar, he had this little thing that holds the harmonica, and he was there playing, and I sat there and I jotted down some observations that later became Willie Green's Blues, and that's the poem that I read before the Arts Council when I was going through the selection process, because it's, you know, I mean, Willie Green is an actual person who lived, he just passed away, matter of fact. That voice is different from the voice that's in the same chapter, The Birth of Funk, which is a, a tribute to James Brown. So, yeah, I think uh, if I were to read these to an audience, it would probably be different from someone that's just sitting down reading them because I, kn- I know the voices because they're all the voices that were in my head. I mean, I, I, know that there's a young, I know that this is a young girl. These are two young ladies talking about hip-hop, you know, and where hip-hop came from. These are two young, probably teenagers. One is younger, one is older, and they're having a discussion about how hip-hop came to, into existence. After hearing and seeing your, you did a video for us for Juneteenth. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Um, after hearing you read that poem, it was, while I was reading this, I could, even though I know the perspective, the actual voice in quotes, it seems like a different character telling the poem. I could still hear the cadence of your voice while I was, because I had seen you and heard you perform before. 
which made it really interesting. It actually made it seem more alive for me when I was reading, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, if it makes sense to you, <laughs> it, it makes sense, yeah. you know. <laughs> I think we probably should wrap this up. Oh, no, no, point. no. <laughs> you can come back another time. I'll de I definitely want to come back. This has been a, an honor and a thrill to be here with you today. So thank you for allowing me to share space here at the Library Partnership. Thank you so much for coming. And um, I really, my mm -hmm. favorite aspect of reading the book mm -hmm. and actually just thinking about this whole interview was the power for poetry to have a positive impact on social change. So maybe we'll leave that for the next conversation, but I really appreciate that you even made me think about it. So thank you so much for being here. Now, thank you, and let's let me say this. One of the things that, and, and I hope I can, I can get this across to young people, is that the, it's not that, and I reside somewhere in between the space where I'm all about, you know, okay, what's, something happened to you or something is happening to you or someone is doing something to you. Once you're aware of that, once you become aware, okay, this person is messing with me in this way, now you know how they're messing with you, you know, whether it be actual physically or psychologically or whatever. Once you have that information, that knowledge, then you can go forward and counteract whatever it is they're doing to you, you know. So that's the, what I want young people to get from this book is, okay, just to understand what it is you're listening to, what it is that you're taking in, with the purpose of it. Why is this story like this? And once you understand what you're listening to, you can you can better understand how to listen to it. So that that's that's really what I want young people to take away with, and not that I'm because sometimes they people see all they see is hip hop is dead. They don't like, you know. No, hip hop is not dead. Don't live hip hop. Even with poetry, I feel like that's a really important lesson is that to be able to see what has been done to you or how you've been affected externally by things, the choice that you make of what you do with that. Poetry is something, a type of self-expression that can be used so that there's no self-harm involved in, you know, does that make sense to you? Yeah. So yeah. that instead of turning the negative things that have happened externally to you out into a positive force. And, and that's the thing that you asked me about writing. And I've told you that I've always, uh, for as long as I can remember, I know my first real serious poet, poem was back when I was in love with uh, Kay in the 10th grade. And I wrote her a poem. Uh, but I, writing is how I, I think best express myself. Talking, I think I'm going to say the wrong thing or whatever. It's not going to come. I'm going to mess something up, you know. But if I write, I, writing is, is how I can just uh, be my most authentic self, uh, putting words on the page, I think. Uh, and it's different from me just having a conversation. If I allow me to write, and then because uh, there's, there's a spiritual aspect to it for me also. Yeah. Uh, when this thing happens, sometimes you just... Uh, you know, I go back and I read some stuff. I'm like, where did this come from? Like, I wrote that? Oh, man. You know, that kind of thing. Well, we'll have you back to talk more about that process. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to keep you here for another 30 minutes. <laughs> thank you so much. It's, right, been, it's, you. Been, it's been a joy, a pleasure. Okay. Really appreciate it. And it's, it's so cool that I see the library stamp on that book. Yes, we have 
We have your book in our collection. Wow. So anyone with a library account can check that this book so out cool. from the library. I am, I am not. I am complete. Thanks for listening to Patrons and Partnerships. If you know of an individual or organization you'd like to recommend for an interview, email us at lpsfprogram at gmail.com. Storytime with the Library is back with Storytime on the Green. Visit our site at aclib.us slash storytimeonthegreen, one word, for times and locations. Partnership staff hold Storytimes at Smoky Bear Park off 15th every Thursday at 10 a.m., and we have a representative from the Dolly Parton Imagination Library to help you sign up if you live in the 32609 zip code. The Dolly Parton Imagination Library provides preschool children with a free book every month until age five. If you have a child under age five in your household, it's a great opportunity to encourage their love of reading. Residents of the 32641 and 32601 zip codes can pre-register now. The Millhopper School of Witchcraft and Wizardry is open for registration. Play games, compete for the House Cup, and prepare for your owls during this school year. Register at aclib.us slash msww before September 1st to be part of this year's sorting ceremony. <laughs>